Hey guys, this is Robert Rochelle with D3VBWest.com. I had a nice little vacation last week, so I apologize for missing a podcast or two, but I'm back, and uh, I hope you didn't miss me too much. Um, I do have my kitten running around in the background, so if you hear some noises, uh, that's what that is. And uh, normally I do the nationwide wrap-up, but uh, I'm still really kind of playing catch-up. And uh, so I thought what would be interesting as I pull my cat's tail here is to um, kind of look at regional rankings. Uh, regional rankings are kind of come out uh, the 23rd. That's going to be the first public uh, uh, release of the regional rankings this year. And I thought it would be neat to kind of look at the nation as a whole and try to figure out what teams we can expect to see on those lists. Now, as a reminder, each region has a regional advisory committee called the RAC. Uh, their task is to rank the teams within their region based on the selection criteria. Uh, this week, the RACs should be doing a practice round or two, and that is not made public, but starting next week, we get to see their work. Um, these rankings are important because on selection day, they're used to determine the at-large teams. If you're wondering if your team is up for an at-large bid and they're not on the regional rankings, then you've got your answer. They're not going to be in the NCAA tournament unless they win their conference. Now, if they are on the rankings, then their spot has to come up during selection, um, basically meaning that all the teams in front of them have to be selected before your team is even considered. And then once that spot comes up, that team in that spot is then going to be compared against the other seven regions, uh, whatever team they happen to have up at that time. So it's, it's not a slam dunk. It's not an easy process. It's difficult to get these at-large bids, and that's why if you talk to a coach, they say that's, that's why you go win the conference. So for this exercise, what I did is I went through the records and the SOS numbers for the teams listed, all of the teams listed in the NCAA database. It was interesting to note that not all teams were listed on both, uh, both lists created out of the NCAA website. I looked at the toughest schedule and I also looked at the, at the, the records, uh, win-loss percentage. In all, there were 423 teams that made both lists and I considered all of them uh, just in case you're listening and you know these two teams, uh, there were two teams that jumped out at me that were not on one of the lists, and, the, and those teams were Dallas and Shriner. I, I kind of, my ears perked up on that because I follow the SCAC conference the most, and I thought that was interesting. So if you're affiliated with the SCAC, Dallas or Shriner, you may want to look into that. Uh, there were probably five or so other teams that, that were lost in the database for some reason. I don't really know why that is. I do know that none of the teams that, that I came across uh, where I only had one set of input uh, would be a team that, that is going to be considered for an at-large bid. Um, I basically then went through each conference and I tried to identify teams that had a 600 or better record with an SOS of 550 or more. I may have hedged this a bit on some teams, um, you know, where, uh, you know, in order to get certain teams into the cut or certain teams I felt like, well, I don't really need to have them in the cut, but for the most part, that's, that was the benchmark. Um, when I got done with that phase, I had 74 teams, 74 schools um, 
you know, but there's going to be others, the others that are going to make the NCAA tournament other than these 74. And the reason for that is that there were 14 conferences that had no school currently meeting the minimum requirement that I put forth. Now, these conferences are still going to get an automatic qualifier, but it basically just means we're going to have 14 right now teams that probably aren't deserving that are going to be in there because they won their conference. Um, so when you add that all up, that's basically 88 teams uh, right now that are in line to fill the 64 spots that we're going to see in the NCAA tournament. Now, keep in mind, I didn't look too much at the other three criteria, the other three selection criteria, because head-to-head -head and common opponent would just be too difficult with this many teams. Plus, those criteria really help with ordering teams more so than getting an idea of what teams could be on the regional ranking list. The fifth criterion is ranked wins, and that won't be known until after the first regional rankings are published, since that criterion is, is all about how you have done against regionally ranked teams. So until we've got a regional ranked list, we don't know what the regionally ranked teams are or how well we've done against them. Um, the next thing I did with those 74 schools was to identify those that had a winning percentage of 750 or higher with a strength of schedule of 600 or higher. Those are about the average numbers for all of the at-large teams over the last two years. So basically, so you know, what I did is I looked at all the at-large teams, I put all their numbers, averaged them all out, and that's what it came out to be. In a past article that you can find on my website, um, I found that any team that exceeded both of those numbers pretty much got an at-large bid. Now that's not a large sample size and it's not a large number of teams, but it's still interesting. So for the purposes of this podcast, for the purposes of my exercise, I called these teams average killers. And there were 20 of them. There were 20 average killers of the 74 teams that I came across. Now, a number of these schools are probably going to win their conference, so they won't be up for an at-large consideration. But there were six conferences that had more than one of these teams. So that's basically saying that we already know six of the 20 at-large teams. Actually, it's probably seven, I think, because I, I, I messed up on Emory um, earlier on before I wrote that number. So it's probably like seven of the 20 at-large teams are probably going to come from that number. And we'll take a look at that a little more uh, in depth here in a sec. Uh, now, I figured it would be tough to remember all of the teams that I'm about to mention, so I did create an article on the website that breaks down all of the teams I'm going to mention by region as a reference guide for this podcast. It doesn't have any of the data that I'm talking about now, but it, it'll kind of, once you listen to this, you can go back and look at it, and you've got the teams in front of you, and, um, and you can kind of uh, correlate what I'm talking about if you wish. All right, let's get into this a bit. I'm going to go through each of the regions and see what teams will most likely appear on the regional rankings next week. And as a reminder, I'll do my best, but I'm probably going to mess up a few of these school names and probably a conference name once or twice. We'll start with the Central, and they get to rank eight teams. But I've got ten teams on my list, with two of them being average killers. And to top it off, they're from the same conference. In fact, let's talk about that conference, which happens to be the Minnesota Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, or the MIAC. The MIAC placed five teams on this list, or half of the teams I found in the Central. St. Benedict, St. Olaf uh, are the two average killers, but they also have Augsburg, Bethel, and St. Thomas. 
Of those teams, Bethel is the shakiest because their strength of schedule was 546. Remember, I looked for a strength of schedule of 550 or higher, but I did say I hedged it a bit. This was one of the cases. Um, taking away uh, Bethel, and that's still four teams that have a really good chance at the tournament from just this one conference. I would normally say getting four from one conference is not going to happen, but this same conference did the trick last year. I will also say that both Augsburg and St. Thomas are pretty close to being average killers, so, so four teams, again, from the MIAC looks pretty doable. Um, the American Rivers Conference, uh, they gave us three teams on the list uh, for the Central Region. Uh, this included uh, Dubuque, uh, Loris, and Wartburg. Wartburg. Uh, these teams are not as strong when it comes to the selection criteria as the teams from the MIAC, but expect at least two of these teams to show up in the regional rankings. And that leaves just two teams uh, that I haven't talked about in Essential. They are uh, Northwestern St. Paul and Washington St. Louis. Um, if, if I had to drop two teams from the regional rankings right now, it would probably be Bethel and Wartburg. Uh, that leaves us in some order with Augsburg, uh, Dubuque, L Loris, Northwestern, uh, St. Ben, St. Olaf, St. Thomas, and then Washington, St. Louis. Obviously, the order is going to play a big role. I don't have all the data in front of me to, to order them, but expect these eight teams to be on the list next week, barring a whole bunch of, of upsets between now and then. Jumping over to the Great Lakes region, uh, they also get to rank eight teams. Uh, for them, I was able to find nine teams that make the cut, and they've got four teams that I would consider average killers, which was the most of any region. Uh, it's not a surprise to see Calvin as an average killer. That's probably to be expected. Um, it may not even be a surprise to see Ohio Northern and Transylvania as two other average killers uh, from this region because they've, they've done pretty well this year. Uh, the fourth team is one that I've really kind of been considering for the top 25, but they never seem to be able to get the right win at the right time, and that's uh, Otterbein. Uh, Otterbein's got an 800 record coupled with a 614 strength of schedule. So, yeah, you can see they're an average killer. Uh, their four losses are to Chicago, Wittenberg, Transylvania, and Mount Union, which are all teams that I have ranked in my top 25. Uh, their best win is over Carnegie Mellon. So a bit of a surprise to see them as an average killer in my mind, but when you start looking at it a little deeper, maybe it shouldn't be a surprise. Um, now two of those average killers come from the Ohio Athletic Conference, and they also have two other teams that made the cut from this conference in Mount Union and Muskegon. Right now I see all four teams from this conference making the NCAA tournament, but that certainly doesn't mean the selection committee will agree with me. Um, the three other teams um, that I have from the Great Lakes, uh, DePaul, Hope, and Wittenberg. I mean, some pretty big names there. It's going to be really interesting to see which team the rack eliminates from their rankings because they can only rank eight. I think it really comes down to these three teams plus maybe someone from the Ohio Athletic Conference. You know, this is where the head-to-head -head is going gonna, is gonna, to, and the common opponent is really going to determine the ordering and who drops out. I mean, just, for the, uh, just from the record and the strength of schedule, it's probably DePauw. But, you know, they do have a win over Hope. Um, 
Now, there's going to be, uh, DePaul plays Wittenberg actually next week, and that's going to be a huge, huge result in the Great Lakes. And, and, and basically, the interesting story about the Great Lakes to me is, is, you know, you always think Great Lakes, you think Calvin, you think Wittenberg, but, and, and Hope, but, you know, there's a whole bunch of other teams here that are doing really, really well, and they've got a resume that normally wouldn't be overlooked. So when you factor those teams in, now you have to take a harder look at teams like Hope and Wittenberg. And, and they've got their warts this year. And do they make it or do they not make it is going to be a really interesting question. And I think the regional ranking from the Great Lakes is going to be really intriguing when you consider I've got these nine teams. All nine teams are pretty darn good. A number of them have historic value in their names. They have a reputation. But one of them is not going to be ranked next week. Taking a look at the Mid-Atlantic, and this is one of the first bigger regions that we're going to look at in this podcast, they get to rank 11 teams and due to the size of how many teams they have. Um, and I've got them with 12 teams that made the cut. Uh, now, what's interesting is that this was the only region of the eight that didn't have a team that met this average killer status that I had put out. So they've got a deep region but they don't have the top echelon of teams, I guess you can say, uh, going to make things interesting for the for the Mid-Atlantic rack. Um, you know, a few of these teams that I have are kind of questionable. One of the teams I have is Southern Virginia. I, if, you know, I probably would drop them from the list of 12 in order to and, and rank the other 11. That's what I would do probably right now. You know, as a reminder, most of these teams will never be up for consideration for an at-large bid, but the rack still has to rank 11. With that said, as I mentioned, the region appears to be a little deeper than in past years. Last year, they got three at-large bids, one of them being Franklin and Marshall, which I thought was just ridiculous. Um, you know, Franklin Marshall was actually regionally ranked ahead of Mary Washington, who also got in. But in my mind, they should have blocked them because I didn't think Franklin and Marshall was worthy. Um, now, to be fair, I thought Mary Washington was deserving. And in my, in my mock selection that I did last year, I actually had Mary Washington ahead of Franklin and Marshall and took them in, but not Franklin and Marshall. So that's all history, water under the bridge. But, um, you know, it's, it, it'll be interesting. It, it, this, this region is definitely a little deeper, a little more deserving than I think they have been in the past. Uh, the Capital Athletic Conference, they're going to give us three teams on this list with Christopher Newport, Salisbury, and, uh, and, and I've already eliminated but Southern Virginia. So those three teams come out of that conference. Uh, the Centennial places both Franklin and Marshall and Johns Hopkins on the list. Uh, Commonwealth has Arcadia and Stevenson. And the landmark has three teams in, in Elizabethtown, uh, Juniata, and Susquehanna. Uh, the other two schools uh, coming out are uh, out of this region are, are Eastern and then Carnegie Mellon out of the UAA. Um, you know, the ordering in this region is going to be interesting. It's going to be difficult. I don't envy this rack. It's, it's also really, really important because it's a large region that is going to get whether it's deserved or not, they're going to get their at-large bids. Um, and so it's really, really important, obviously, to have a higher spot. And, and just, you know, I didn't go through all the nuts and bolts, all the criteria on this region, but just, just eyeballing it, 
I, I just see a lot of teams really, really close. Um, so this is, this is one that probably could change quite a lot over the next month until um, we come into selection. I guess the other thing I'll say about this region is it wouldn't surprise me entirely to see a team like Marymount on the rankings, probably at 11, possibly at 11. My thinking there is that right now Marymount is probably the team that's most likely for a Pool B bid. Um, but what's interesting here is that most of the teams are out of the Mid-Atlantic that have a shot at that Pool B bid. Remember, a Pool B bid is an independent bid. So it's possible the rack can kind of give us an indication of who that independent team is going to be that's going to get that bid. Now, like I said, this, this, this region is really deep, so we may not get to see it. But I think it would be really interesting if we did. Next up is the Midwest region. The Midwest region gets to rank eight teams, and I happen to have eight teams on my list uh, with two average killers. Uh, those were Chicago and uh, the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point. Um, now, the Midwest only has four conferences, and I can already see that this region may get squeezed come selection time. Um, you know, those selections that may deservedly go to the Midwest teams may get allocated to the bigger regions. We've seen this in the past. We've seen it with the West region. We've actually seen it with the Midwest region a couple years ago. We've seen it with the South region. Um, it happens. Uh, we shouldn't pretend that it doesn't happen. And, um, and if I were a betting man, I would bet that Midwest is going to be the smaller conference that gets squeezed. It could also be the West, but I'm going to go with Midwest. Uh, with this region, it's all about the Wisconsin Intercollegiate Conference, or the WIAC. And I've actually got six teams from this conference on my list, which is tied for the most of any conference in the, in the nation at D3 level. Um, they include, oh, I'm going to mess this up, Ricky, and this is your conference. Um, Eau Claire, Oshkosh, Platteville, Stevens Point, Stout, and Whitewater. Um, I'm thinking this conference may only get two teams, and for now, let's assume it's, it's Point and Whitewater. The other two teams um, are Chicago, who I mentioned, and Carthage. Carthage is interesting because their SOS number is only 543. Every team in the WIAC, except for Stout, has a better strength of schedule than Carthage. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the Midwest Rack handles the ordering. Um, I still don't know if the Rack is going to put six teams from one conference in the ranking, but it's really something intriguing. It's really something to watch for next week. Now, I, I said the Midwest could be squeezed, and that's because you know they have the four conference winners, and that probably includes Carthage, and it will include a deserving team from the WIAC. And I assume, let's assume Chicago doesn't win the UAA, so that's an at-large. And then, you know, maybe they only get one other team from the WIAC. So that's that's six teams total unless the selection committee wants to take a third team from the WIAC, which in the very recent past, they have been reluctant to do. All right, that's, that's half the regions down, and that takes us to New England. Everyone knows I love the New England region, right? It's not 
that I hate them. I just dislike the advantages that the larger regions are given, and I respect how this region has played the selection game to really get undeserving teams in every year since I've been doing this. And, and by respect, just know that I mean a burning hatred from the depth of my soul. New England is our largest region. They get to rank 12 teams, and I actually have 14 teams that made the list with three average killers. Now, you might hear that and say, well, they're obviously very deep, and they deserve the advantages that they get. But remember, I'm mainly dealing with record and strength of schedule, which the New England teams have really learned how to manipulate into their favor. Now, when ranked wins comes out in a few weeks, you'll see that they really haven't played any team of note in the nation. And you gotta have, you really have to factor in quality when you look at the whole picture. Now, the three average killers are Johnson and Wales, Tufts and Wesleyan. Both Tufts and Wesleyan are out of the NESCAC. You know, I don't know how to pronounce that. Is it the NESCAC? Something like that. We'll, we'll just assume that's the case. And they're joined by conference mates Bowden and Middlebury. Um, Johnson and Wales is joined out of the Great Northeast by Simmons. And we also have the NUMAC, uh, which is the other conference with six teams, um, uh, tied with the WIAC as far as the most teams. They've got Babson, Coast Guard, Emerson, MIT, Springfield, and Wellesley. Uh, the remaining two teams in the New England region are Endicott and Eastern Nazarene. Um, you know, dropping two teams to get to 12 isn't going to be too hard. It's most likely going to be Simmons and uh, Eastern uh, Nazarene, uh, but the ordering is going to be intriguing. A number of these teams in this region are going to match up really well when it comes to strength, the schedule, and record to any other team in the nation. And it's really going to be up to the other seven rack chairs to argue the quality of opponent is as important as those raw statistical numbers. And of course, when those seven rack chairs fail, expect to see four at-large teams from this region. The next region is the New York region. It's the last big region we'll talk about. Um, a lot of times we don't have to worry too much about this region. Um, they're not as deep. They're not as good as, as other regions. That's historically proven. It's the same this year to an extent, but there are some intriguing stories here. Uh, the New York region uh, is going to rank 11 teams, uh, which is kind of senseless, but they've got to do it. Um, I only found five teams that passed my criteria and that qualified for this exercise. Um, so that would kind of seem like a story, but in the reality, that's pretty normal. There's not normally more than a few teams that are really NCAA tournament worthy coming out of the New York region. Now, a, a, a true story or a nice story is, an interesting story is that three of the five teams are average killers. We've got Clarkson, New York University, and Stockton. Um, that, that's more than the Central, that's more than the Mid-Atlantic, the, the, mid the Midwest, and the West. Um, the other two teams out of this that weren't average killers, but are, that made the cut were Ithaca and RIT. Uh, with those two teams out of the Liberty League, uh, that conference actually gives us three when you factor in, in Clarkson. If we assume that Clarkson wins the Liberty, which is no guarantee, 
and, and Stockton wins their conference, that would leave three possible at-large teams from what is typically, as I said, the worst region in D3 volleyball. Most at-large predictions will assume no teams coming from this region or maybe just one at-large. In the end, I think they'll probably get one at-large bid um, because I, I, I anticipate NYU falling off a bit and I don't think RIT is really deserving, but that hasn't always been a hindrance with this region in the past. The at-large team probably is going to be either Clarkson or Ithaca since they're both out of the Liberty. Um, but another story to watch, another intriguing storyline is St. Lawrence. And I'll bet you they're going to be regionally ranked, but they didn't make my cut because they've got a 485 strength of schedule. Now, they actually happen to be one of the three co-leaders out of the Liberty League. Uh, they've got a great record at 19-3. and three, And if they somehow were able to win that conference, then we might be looking at, at two at-large bids coming out of the New York region, which, of course starts to squeeze other regions. Looking at the South region, the uh, South region is going to rank eight teams. Uh, they're one of the smallest, if not the smallest region. Um, and I've actually got eight teams uh, that made the list, so should be pretty straightforward, right? Uh, the interesting thing uh, here, you know, we've got such a small region, but they've actually got four teams that are average killers, and that actually puts them in a tie with the Great Lakes region for the most of any of the eight regions. They include Barry, Emory, uh, Randolph-Macon, and Washington and Lee. And, and I actually, I think I mentioned it before, I actually missed Emory doing my prep work originally because my sorting routine got confused and mixed them up with Emory and Henry and just know that Emory and Emory and Henry are not the same school by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, in the South, the Old Dominion Athletic Conference, they're gonna give us three teams. They got Randolph-Macon, they have Washington and Lee, and Guilford. I hope I said that right. Um, the SAA gives us another three with Barry, Birmingham Southern, and Hendricks. Emory, as I've mentioned before, but they're out of the UAA, and then I've got Meredith as the eighth team here, and they're out of the USA South. Um, you know, I'll admit that Randolph-Macon and Washington Lee were not on my radar, but after looking at them a bit more, I think Randolph-Macon could actually stick, whereas I think Washington Lee may falter a bit in their record. Uh, both teams are going to have impressive strength of schedule numbers, and both programs seem to have stolen a page from the New England playbook on how to build a schedule. I have no problems with schools manipulating the system as long as it's not only just the New England region. The more schools that learn how to play the game, the sooner changes can be made to ensure the best teams get the at-large bids. I mean, let's just blow up the system you know, as, as, as fast as we can um, because I, I really think we kind of need to change the criteria to look at the quality of opponents and the teams that we're beating and look at bad losses. Those are some elements that I, I would really like to see get put in play for at-large bids. If we can get more and more teams mimicking what the New England region does, and that's it, it really is going to have to be New York, Mid-Atlantic, and then the northern part of that south region that, that, that can pull that off. And uh, Godspeed, people. Let's, let's, let's get that done, and let's, 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 change, the, let's change the rules. Um, you know, the South, I'll get off my soapbox, the South region typically doesn't get too many at-large bids. Um, so there's going to be some snubbing done here 
or there's going to be other regions that are going to have to pay a price by getting fewer teams in. You know, Barry and Emory are going to be locks out of this region, but the rest are really going to need uh, a great effort by the South Rack Chair to get them through. You know, we saw a few years ago a really good Barry team get bypassed 20 times. The same thing could happen here, right? Uh, I think they're a little deeper. I think they've got the, the SOS numbers and the record numbers that are going to play well um, against other teams. It doesn't mean they're the most deserving. I don't think they're the most deserving. But um, when it comes to selection time, there, there's some teams here that are going to look really good to you know across nationally. And it's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. The last region we're going to talk about, the eighth region, um, you know, is the West. Those that follow the website know I focus on the West region. Uh, on Monday, I released my current West region rankings based on the criteria. And the eight teams that I ranked uh, on Monday are the same teams I have in, that came out of this exercise. So again, this is kind of an indication that strength of schedule and record will get you put on the list while the other criteria get you get you placement. Ranked wins is a little different. I think it's kind of a, a it kind of helps in both regards. Um, but um, but SOS and record are, are the big players as far as getting you on. Um, this region, uh, another small region, gets to rank eight teams. And as I mentioned, um, well, I don't think I mentioned. Um, well, I did mention. Uh, I found eight teams uh, out of the exercise. So. Uh, in this case, uh, there were two average killers. They both come out of the SCAC, uh, and it's going to be Colorado College and Trinity. Um, the SCIAC uh, gives us three teams in Chapman, CMS, and Laverne. Um, the ASC uh, gives us UT Dallas and Mary Harden Baylor. And uh, the NWC gave us, gives us Whitworth, and really that's the only team I had out of, uh, from that conference. Um, you can go to the website, look for my top 25 this week. At the bottom of that post uh, is the West Regional Rankings. I have the ordering, the exact ordering of how I think it should probably come out uh, for the region. Uh, right now, I think Laverne, of the eight teams I just mentioned, I think Laverne is currently the team that will be left out come selection time. I have Mary Harden Baylor in the seventh spot. I think they're going to be a really tough sell uh, for, the, uh, for the West Region Rack Chair. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes. But those are the eight teams I expect to see in the West region uh, rankings next week. So those are the regions. Those are the teams right now that I see have got a really good chance of being regionally ranked. Um, again, if you go to the website, I will post uh, the teams that I have mentioned by region. So you can take a look at it. Um, I've got a little asterisk next to them if they're one of the average killers uh, that I've talked about in this podcast. Um, you know, I, I, there's going to be a lot of really nifty storylines I, 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 at virtually every single one of the regions. And I hope I kind of touched on that a little bit. Um, there's going to be some wonderful arguments between some of these, these conferences that have got a bunch of teams uh, versus you know some some of the ones and twosies, and then you always have to worry about what what conference is going to give you an upset. You know who's going to come in and force an Endicott. I don't mean to pick on Endicott, but let's say someone else wins that conference, and Endicott now all of a sudden's in play for an at-large. 
well, that's that's going to be intriguing. Um, you know, I, I, I looking down the list, um, you know, the, the central. The, you know, how many are they going to get the same number of teams last year that they got in, which was not a surprise because they were so good. But um, we're getting more and more teams from the central. You know, is the Great Lakes going to get squeezed? And if they get squeezed, are we going to get rid of one of these newcomers? Not really newcomers, but one of these teams that have kind of risen up this year? Or are we going to get rid of an, one of the older guards, the Hopes, the Wittenbergs, as their time come of not making the NCAA tournament? Um, the Mid-Atlantic, you know, you've got, you don't really have the top, top teams, but you've got a lot of really good teams. Are they going to just get one team in or two teams in? Or are they going to get four teams in, you know, three teams in? Um, it, it, you know, it's a, it's a delicate balance between these regions. Uh, right now, I see better teams in other regions, but I see the Mid-Atlantic just being in play every single time the discussion comes up because they're going to have good teams uh, in, in their rankings. Uh, you know, I mentioned the Midwest possibly getting, getting uh, snubbed uh, this year because I, I, they're really being carried by, uh, by the WIAC. And, you know, I... You know, getting two teams is great. Getting three is, is almost impossible. You're going to get more than that? I don't I don't think so. Um, New England, once again, is playing the game. I, there's so many teams that are either average killers or really right on that border of being, you know, that average killer criteria that I that I set out. And what do you do then? You know, do you, how do you argue the point when, when you're losing the SOS and the record battle? Well, you know, you got to start talking about quality of teams played and who put themselves out there. Who's beaten a team that potentially could win the national championship? These aren't these aren't specific criteria used in selection, but they can be rolled into the ranked win discussion because that talks about results. And what am I talking about? I'm talking about quality of teams played. Well, that's results. That's you know who you beaten, you know who who you losing to. That can all be you know wrapped into that criterion, and I hope it's done by these smaller racks, or else you're guys, you're just going to get steamrolled. Um, New York doesn't have that many teams, but they've got some teams right now that are looking really good when you look at strength of schedule and, and record, and uh, it's going to be hard to knock them off because they're going to sit there and go, "Hey, we're this large region here. You got to give us, you got to give us two at large." Well, that's that's hard to argue when you're looking at numbers. Again, the way you argue it is is through quality of teams played and beaten, um, and where are your bad losses? And and you know, again, I don't mean to keep repeating myself, but you got to do it. Um, South's got eight teams. Um, a number of them look really good. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how Randolph Macon and Washington Lee get placed. Um, you know, Hendricks is pretty good. You can't over overlook them. Bur Birmingham Southern's beaten Barry twice. Um, they're pretty darn good. A um, lot of games to play. We'll see. The same goes for the West. Colorado College, Trinity, they look like they're in really good good place. CMS looks like they're in a good place. Uh, Chapman uh, is good right now, but they're relying on their record because they don't have the strength of schedule. Um, you know, are we going to see two teams out of the ASC this year? Um, that that right there. Is going to decide potentially. Do we have a West Regional this year? And then, if we can get two, it means that the West Regional is probably going to be in in Texas. So that's how important the ASC is this year to the West. I honestly could talk about this for the rest of the day, but I'm going to go ahead and and close it up. I hope you found this entertaining. I love talking about this stuff. 
Um, it was really interesting to see some of the school names that I didn't think were in play for the NCAA tournament are actually in play. And there's some teams that I'm shocked that are got a really good chance. And uh, we'll see how that goes. So, hey, um, we uh, until the next podcast, I appreciate you listening. Go check out the website, d3vbwest.com. And uh, it's getting real, guys. <laughs>